Welcome to the podcast for Velocity with Marisha Charsky. Each session, Marisha will talk with successful entrepreneurs and experts who have shaped and impacted the growth trajectory and well-being of entrepreneurs around the world. She will explore the tools, skills, and mindset needed to thrive in the high stakes and roller coaster space of running a business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Velocity podcast. I'm Marisha Charsky, your host and the founder of Entrepreneurs Velocity. We're a hub for entrepreneurs to harness their creativity, increase freedom, and reimagine your business for success. I'm really excited to talk to Lisa Rafter today. Lisa is the president of Ram Group Holdings, a media and publishing company based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Lisa's been in the publishing industry for over 25 years and has published magazines on topics ranging from equipment finance and asset-based lending to chemical distribution in independent films. Lisa is also the owner and president of Malloy Associates. In business since 1972, Malloy is a boutique executive recruitment firm focused on the equipment finance and asset-based lending industries. Lisa, welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Marisha. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, let's start with your entrepreneurial journey. You weren't always an entrepreneur, and Mm -hmm. you've had a lot of years working in different companies as an employee. So walk us through what had you jump over to the dark side of being an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Well, the interesting thing is, even though my first job right out of college in 1987, I was an employee, as you said, the CEO of that company, he was running a different company altogether. And it was the recruiting firm that you just mentioned that I now own. And he had this little teeny tiny newspaper was literally like a black and white newspaper, you know, 12 to 18 pages, something like that. And he hired me, I was right out of college, I was an uh, English major with journalism focus. And it seemed like a really good fit. He said, here you go. Here's this newspaper, do what you want with it. And he kind of put me back in a corner and a little cubicle and didn't really care so much about this newspaper because it was essentially a marketing tool for the recruiting firm at that time. So he said, you have free reign, do whatever you want with it. Now, the topic of that newspaper was equipment finance, which I had no idea there was a thing that existed called equipment finance. Uh Learned a lot about it over the years. Essentially, it's, as you can imagine, all the equipment in the world, in Canada, in the U.S., generally is finance, right? People don't usually just go ahead and buy an airplane or buy a construction equipment. They lease it. So that's the newspaper that I got to build. So I had an opportunity at 22 years old to basically sit in a cubicle and build out this newspaper and do whatever I wanted with it. And truthfully, it was the best opportunity any 22 year old with ambition could have. So I kind of was an entrepreneur even then. And I I took a pretty small, teeny tiny, what, what they called the industry rag, and over the next 17 years, I built it, built it out to be a full color, you know, 80 plus, 100 plus page magazine. I, I had a staff of 10. And then I also at that same time started another magazine in asset-based lending that we called ABF Journal. So while, yes, I was an employee, I had a, a ton of autonomy and it really did kind of tap into the entrepreneurial spirit that I didn't even know I had. But boy, oh boy, when it got tapped, there was a lot there. 
Right, right. And you did that for how many years in total, Lisa, before you then had some other experiences? Yeah, I was there for 17 years and I, I felt like I'd done everything there was to do from you know building out the uh, one newspaper to a magazine and then starting another magazine entirely from the ground. And then, like I said, I, I had a staff of uh, 10 people. So I felt like, you know, I've done this and, and I've done it pretty much as in, in the spirit of it as an entrepreneur. So I decided to start my own publishing company at that time. And that's when I got into those other areas that you mentioned earlier, you know, with, with independent films and a bunch of other areas. So I started, I started my own, my own publishing company. Right. Right. And, um, when you look back on all of that experience you had and then mm -hmm. coming actually the owner, are there some, you know, what did you, um, what are you pulling through from that experience in terms of your, your mindset of being an entrepreneur today? Yeah, well, I think the ability to, when I first started, you know, right out of college to be able to take something and build it from almost nothing yeah. and then build another magazine truly from nothing. And then also to keep building a staff around it. So I started with one person and then two and then four and then six, right. And then, you know, up till we had anywhere from 10 to 12, I don't even remember, but um, bringing all of that experience to when I, a few years ago decided to approach the owner who at, one point was my boss yeah. and say, you know, when you're ready to sell, I'd like to be considered as the buyer. And when we both agreed to that and came to terms and shook hands, I got to bring that same spirit to the, the company that I now own. Yeah. So I think all of that creating from nothing and building a staff around it and empowering and inspiring people to you know be the best at what they do and and rally around a vision that we all create together right and has that vision or how has that vision changed since you've taken over the company what where, when you're looking out through the yeah. windshield tell me more about that yeah well that honestly has been the most fun part of this journey and I say that because when I came on board as the new owner, I had ideas and I had ways that I thought we could bring this. It was, they were publications and I kind of started to see us more as a media company. So it was like, okay, how do we build out from a print publication with, with a digital presence, but how do we build out from that to, really taking full advantage of the many, many mediums available to, quite frankly, all companies. I mean, we all have all kinds of, like this podcast right here, right? We all have all kinds of media available to us, but the owner that I bought the company from, he, he didn't expand it yet to that degree. And I think that that makes sense. He, he'd been there for a long time and he was kind of fine with, all right, we're a magazine and we're magazines and we've got a somewhat of a digital presence, but my thought was, how do we build this out so that we have um, online live stream conferences with, with speakers and data and topics and you know, interactive live conversations? And how do we build this out and do in-person conferences, which we were doing before the pandemic? So how do we take our platform and 
and our platforms, I should say, and how do we get out there in front of people and have rooms full of people with speakers and how do we have that as part of our delivery and, and you know, part of the, you know, ways that our industries can consume what we have to offer. And right now we're in the midst of building a data company. And that's been super exciting too, because we have a lot of data. I can imagine we've been in publishing for 45 plus years. So we have data that people right now love data. They love analyzing it. So <laughs> they're, they're, right. There are all kinds of ways now that I'm looking at our various platforms and saying, where can these platforms make an impact? So there's more even I could say about that. One more thing I'll say, and now we're also looking at education and development because I see areas in our various industries where there seems to be an opportunity to educate lots of different constituencies and, you know, bring leadership to those constituencies that aren't necessarily available with the other, you know, uh, outlets, I I guess you'd say. So that's another area I see in terms of vision. Well, Lisa, and it's probably fair to say, based on um, what we know, we talk about equipment, finance, asset Mm -hmm. based lending industries, et cetera. One thinks of, you know, financial services. It it tends to be more of a traditional industry, Mm -hmm. very male dominated. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're, you're a woman bringing a lot of novelty, newness, um, innovation to it. Talk to us about that and that experience and how that's been going for you. Yeah, uh, it's been amazing in a word. And I, I say that because, you know, the industry that I, let's just use the equipment finance industry as an example. Most people, when I say that, they're like, what, what is that industry? I never really heard of it. You only need to take five seconds to think about it. IBM, Caterpillar, Wells Fargo, John Deere, uh, Volvo, right? They all have equipment and or money. So yeah. what they're doing is investing that money to companies that need Volvo trucks, that need Caterpillar forklifts, that need Boeing airplanes, Right. So it's a huge industry. It's a trillion dollar industry. It's a huge contributor to the world economy and for sure the U.S. economy. So I realized that, wow, I'm the owner now. I was the editor, but now I'm the owner of the gold standard, the Bible of the industry. So I have a platform Mm -hmm. and I have a voice. So I can use that to just talk about you know, the, the mundane everyday aspects of equipment finance, or I can use that and break it open to say, what else can we do in this trillion dollar industry with probably 65,000, hundred thousand people who work in it? It's not small. No. Right. And so what we did from the outset, when I, you know, kind of took over the reins of the business is said, how can we now focus on and bring attention to maybe some of the uh, participants, professionals in this industry who aren't getting the visibility and aren't getting the, the, you know, taking advantage of the platform. So one of the things we do every year is we rank the industry by size. So we have a report called the Monitor 100. And every year we've been doing this for 28 years. So of those 100 companies, we, we do profiles and we drill down to the nitty gritty of every company. 
Well, when I started that report 28 years ago, which I did start, there were two female CEOs. Mm-hmm. We just published our 20, the, the 2020 report uh, about two months ago, and there were five wow. female Wow. Oh my gosh. Right. 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 28 years later. Right. Wow. And now that we're really putting our attention to racial equity, which is where our attention needs to be, there were two CEOs of color out of the hundred. Right. And they weren't women. So it's, it's a, it's the time it's been the time to, you know, bring, the platform that I have to these underserved or under visible um, populations. So for example, last year in November, we did the very first, the top 50 women in the industry. And I had 10 of them who are all CEOs of, um, you know, not the top 100, because I told you there's only five of those. Yes. but those five and five yeah. other, and we all met in Washington, D.C. at this beautiful hotel in Marriott Marquis, and we did a photo shoot. Yeah. And I had everybody dressed in black and white just for the visible optics of that, right? Yeah. And we covered, we, we produced our very first, the most powerful women in equipment finance with that cover. And boy, oh boy, we got unbelievable attention for that by everybody. The men loved it. The women loved it. The leaders, everybody through and through loved it. So that's how we kind of started down this path. And I knew I wanted to do that issue. I wrote a letter from me about my, I've been in the industry for 33 years. And I wrote a letter from me and said, you know, we got a long way to go here. Mm. And the social media response on LinkedIn, for example, I would check it all day, every day. I kept looking at that, looking at it and one after another commenting on it. So it was very, very well received. And then um, more recently this year, we did an issue we called Next Gen. So we profiled the top 40 young people, uh, 40 under 40. Same thing, tons and tons of attention on the young people that are you know, rising up through the ranks. So that's been a real opportunity for me, like you said, as a woman to look other places besides where the leadership has generally been and to light a fire under the industry a little bit and say, I know we all know this is male dominated. And I know we all know that leadership is also tends to be older and, and even gray haired and the gray haired white men, by the way, they know it. And they're, they're like, we want to change this too. And how do we do this? You know, and there are some people I'm sure that you, you, you read this, you hear about this that are comfortable with having the privilege and there are those who aren't and say, no, I, I want this to change. So I've sort of taken the, the mantle on that. And very recently with all the conversations for racial inequality and the stand for racial equity, we produced a live stream a few weeks ago that we called racial equity in equipment finance. And I had four of the top executive level leaders in our industry who are African-American on a panel led by an African-American moderator who for a living, you know, her, her whole career has been focused on racial equity. And it was very powerful. And, you know, they were from companies like TIAA and like Volvo. So household names. And they talked about for an hour and a half with the moderator, what it's been like to be African-American in their careers and in this industry. 
So we stepped out on a branch for that too, because we knew it was not going to be easy. It was going to be a difficult, you know, somewhat confronting conversation. And the industry though really did step up and respond in terms of participating you know, in, in the live stream. And, and now we're doing a part two in, in October. And, you know, we've been talking with all the panelists and we have a couple of new panelists again from very large companies. And we've said, how can we, again, using the platform of the publication that I own, how can we really have the industry kind of put action and have traction to the issues of racial equity that we're talking about? Do we want it to be just lip service or do we want it to be where real action happens and transformation happens and we make a difference? And on these calls just yesterday, so this is kind of hot off the press, we decided as a group, we're going to start a task force of African-Americans in our industry, of all African-Americans led by African-Americans. And we're going to launch the concept during our live stream in October. And we're going to tell the industry, we are putting this task force, to, task force together for two reasons. One, we'll put together what would appropriate and powerful milestones look like. How could we put structure around this? And then, and then two, it actually holds companies and leaders accountable to making that difference and putting together real plans and real efforts and goals and then results that we do impact the industry. So that's back to your question. And that was a very long answer, but yeah. you know, we, it gives me the opportunity, like you said, in a very male dominated, but also white male yeah. dominated industry to use the platform that we have to impact it and make a difference ultimately. Well, and you know, there's so much in what you said regarding, well, we can, we want it to happen, but sometimes people want things to happen. They talk about things happening but they don't quite know how to be a catalyst. And what I'm hearing here is that with your leadership, uh, your company is also being a catalyst for change. Yes. Yes. And Marisha, sometimes it happens mm -hmm. in the moment. You know, you just, you take the opportunity to use your voice. And we have quite a voice as the monitor. And I, I feel like it was fortuitous that we, started to develop and create these live streams because not only do we have a voice that comes at you in print, but we are now every week we're in people's living rooms. I mean, my voice, my face, cause I start off all the live streams and while I don't, I, I introduce the moderators and I introduce the panelists. Here I am in your living room and I'm going to take advantage of that opportunity to you know the visibility we've been able to get over the last several months since we started the podcast and live streams to to continue making the difference that we can and you know to continue leveraging that mantle and that platform and lisa as you look out and and take on take on that change be that catalyst can you anticipate where you might come across some challenges or uh, where you'll just need to keep resilient in the face of whatever comes at you? Have you thought through that at all and, and how you'll need to take that on? 
Yeah, we we talk about it. One of the things I did the very, very beginning when I bought the company, I uh, immediately put together my dream list of an editorial board. Mm. And we'd never had one of those before ever. We just did everything pretty much, you know, as a staff on our own. But I knew there were some really powerful, innovative um, thought leaders in the industry who I respect. So I reached out to, uh, I was thinking I'd have a board of about seven or eight people. So I reached out to 15 or so, assuming I, you know, maybe I'd get 50% of them to say yes. Well, 14 of them out of 15 said yes. So I ended up with a board of 14 people and they've been on a, um, they've been on the board and we, 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 we turn it over so that we get new and fresh ideas and fresh members. But that's made an enormous difference in the ability to think out loud with the board and get yeah. perspectives and come up with what kind of obstacles do we think we might face. And, um, you know, for example, even the racial equity live stream that I did a few weeks ago, the board was nervous about it. And I don't, I mean, you know, it's the world we're in today and that's partly why we need to be doing these racial equity, the work that we're doing, because there is a nervousness of, will you alienate some companies? Are some companies not ready to confront this and deal with this issue head on? And, you know, I said to my board, I got it, I get it, and I'm doing it anyway. Right. And, you know, we stepped up, but they've helped me to, you know, kind of make sure I'm aware of those types of obstacles. I think that I'm probably surprising some of my competitors with the products and the, um, you know, the different offerings that we've been coming out with because they're not traditionally what this company has been doing prior to when I bought it. So I think I'm probably rising, raising some eyebrows with what is she doing now? Yeah. And maybe even, I don't mean threat, like threatening, not in a bad way, but like, Ooh, she just keeps coming up with something new. That's <laughs> yes, and I think that that's good, though, yeah. because I think it's having us all, all right, if she's going to do that and she's going to take this on, then, you know, because it would be very easy for, you know, when all this talk about racial equality, for example, was coming out, it'd be very easy for everyone to just say what they needed to say, you know, put out that statement and not do anything. Hold their breath. Nope. Yeah, yep. and, absolutely. We're seeing it. We can. We could probably name three or four comes off the top of our head that we know we're doing that. Absolutely, that's we right. It, but we know. Yeah, we know. So I think with me, sort of, you know, continually stirring that pot, and and um, you know, the visible platform I have as a publication, you know, and I have a daily news feed. So we're not just out there with, um, you know, our print publication in our live streams, but I have a Monday through Friday live, live, not live, but it's a, it's a daily current news stream. So, you know, people know that I have the ability to talk about anything at any point. Yeah. And that's good. Lisa, are there any other structures that you have or um, ways that you've set up for yourself? Like I love your example of pulling the board together and, and having these mm-hmm. conversations and thinking ahead of what could be pitfalls or they're just sharing their concerns, which you mm-hmm. can then figure out how to work around or address. Anything else in your organization you, you have put in place that might be new with your leadership to help you look into the future or to navigate uh, the tremendous amount of 
um, responsibility that you have in this industry? Uh, well, I, I, a couple things. One, I have uh, a coach and a mentor. Right. That's been huge yeah. because you know how it can be at the top, as they say. And I only mean that by when I say the top, I do have quite a view of the industry from a media company. And I want to have that coach and mentor to bounce things off of where I can be myself. Yeah. And I can talk about my fears and concerns and or my dreams and visions and ideas. And that's been enormous. And he is a person I just respect immensely. So that's, that's one thing. And I um, make sure I'm very, very much connected to him. And then uh, the other thing I did that when I was the editor and, and was running the company for 17 years before I owned it, uh, I had creative people on staff and they were, you know, employees. This time I decided to hire an outside creative company and I work very closely with them. And what I like about that is that they're in all kinds of industries. Mm. So I, and I get a team approach and they are young and creative and innovative. And, you know, they, there's, you might think, okay, I'm in financial services. Well, how sexy can that be? So to speak, but we figure out ways to make it fun, make it creative, make it look great, uh, make it interesting. And that's been through this outside creative company that I use. And I talk to that company probably five, 10 times a day. I kid you not. And talking sometimes just means texting or sending a quick, you know, Slack notice to them. Um, but all weekend long, nighttime, and that's the kind of relationship that we established from the get-go because I said, if you're going to be my creative team, you have to know I'm never off. I'm on 24-7, and sometimes my most creative ideas come at 10 o'clock at night or you know 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, and I'm going to want to run it by you. Mm-hmm. So we work um, you know, together in unison that way. And that's been a really great partnership. So I would say part of it is just those partnerships that I've created over the years. Yeah. And, um, you know, back to, we sort of just sort of talked about the, you know, the, the new committee you're building with, um, you know, with black leadership, uh, emo- you know, oh, the task force. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The task force, like, Oh, you know, just a small thing, but that's not a small thing at all. <laughs> right, right? right. Like right, I just right. want to emphasize in, you know, talking about financial services and, and a, probably a more traditional, a much more traditional industry. Like that's a very big deal. Mm-hmm. What you're up to. Uh, and that idea that emerged, you've done that collaboratively. Uh, how does that, you know, how, how do you see that taking hold into the future? And how as a white woman, do yeah. you see your role in that moving forward? Specifically the racial equity task force? Yeah, let's, let's focus on that. Because I think maybe as, you know, as entrepreneurs, depending on um, where we are, we, I think a lot of us have purpose-driven mandates. We mm-hmm. care about the future. We may find ourselves a little bit struggling right now in terms of how we impact that conversation. 
Yes. And how we impact it. And what's my role as someone, I myself being white also, how do I impact that? And so I'm curious about how you're thinking about that, navigating that as you move forward, if you could just share your own opinion on that. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a dynamic, first of all, moving target. And like you use the word collaborative, each time I get on a call with one of the panelists and we're just doing a one-on-one or I'm on a call with all eight of us or 10 of us. I mean, it just keeps, uh, it keeps changing and gets more and more um, uh, useful though, through the changes, like we just keep coming up with great ideas. And I think I see my role as one, a platform. I use that word a lot on this podcast, but that's because that's, I do see, myself and my company as a platform for mm-hmm. these ideas and for these movements and no one else in the industry, not, not really has this kind of platform. So yeah. I think I'm a place where, you know, I, I could look at my industry and I could see where several of the companies are, are making statements and are doing things and I can see what they're doing, but they're kind of, they're, they're silos, right? So this one's doing this, this one's doing that. I have the opportunity again as a platform to, to bring us all together thousands of people, trillion dollar industry, all of us together. I see us as being potentially, and I had this conversation on the call the other day with the whole panel. I said, we could be on CNN, MSNBC. We could be written up in Fortune Magazine, Forbes Magazine as a, an industry who said, we're really going to do this. So I see my role as kind of the platform for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'll be one of the voices to make sure it happens. Yeah. And and the other thing is, I, I have talked with the panel about how do we fund this? So yeah. I said, I'll be the first one to step up and say, yes. my company will be part of funding this. So who else will join me? Yeah. And I, I see our role as that too. And, and I mean, as a white woman, yes, I, I, I'm a minority in that sense, as I talked about earlier in my industry as far as leadership. And, um, and I think I have an opportunity uh, as a minority to be listened to from that perspective. And then also to, there are, there are stories and experiences that the African-Americans have shared that I can relate to. It's yeah. different, it's yeah. different. And I, I wouldn't for a minute say it's the same because it's not, but I have my own experiences that I can say, I, I, I know what it feels like in my own way as a woman to you know, have that to be discriminated against or to be left out. Yeah, yeah. And uh, has anyone uh, called you and it's been a surprise regarding all this work you've been doing? Have you, has anyone reached out and it, it's just like, you're like, wow, I didn't expect to hear from them or... Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> funny you should say that all the time, actually. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, been, I I've been pretty <laughs> amazed. Because, you know, now that we're um, all working from home, mm-hmm. my company very, very quickly, we, we got to uh, a virtual workplaces overnight. I'm just like sitting in my office upstairs on my second floor or sometimes sitting out on my deck. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're doing so much. I can't believe the impact we're making. Yes. And we, we get I get calls, emails, texts. LinkedIn all the time. I mean, it's kind of constant and it's sort of like, isn't this great? And I, 
I want to just keep doing what we're doing, doing what we're doing, doing what we're doing. Um, but yes, I, I have a whole new bunch of buddies in the industry uh-huh. who are very, very high level. And I'm not doing this for that reason. It's just kind of a byproduct of it. Yeah. For and, sure. um, but I, but I smile. I'm like, this is pretty cool because I have a mission and the fact that I'm making friends and building relationships and all kinds of new colleagues that are now, you know, that are very powerful leaders that I can call friends and we're going to do stuff together because we're building relationship, we're building trust. So that's a, it's a great question. And it, it, it almost made me blush a little bit because the answer is <laughs> yes, yes all the time. And it's been pretty amazing. Yes. It's great. And so our listeners are, you know, they've had this seedling. They're like, I want to make an impact. I want to do something. Started to take some steps forward. Is there any uh, lessons that you could share with them? Something that has been, um, a pivotal in your approach to doing this that you you could share with us? Well, I haven't really necessarily thought about it till you asked the question. Um, (laughs) I was watching the U.S. Open last night and I watched um, Vika Azarenka Mm -hmm. beat Serena Williams and wow, they both played their hearts out and um, I love them both. And Azarenka- The two moms. The two moms and Uh they were just- amazing and um you know vika hasn't been to a final a grand slam final in seven years and they interviewed her at the end and they said you know you're a mom and you know what would you say to other moms who are watching you and you know she i'm a mom too by the way Mm -hmm. she said well i would say you while being a mom is the most important and my priority in life i'm a lot of other things too Mm. i'm a tennis player and she said, so be those other things and be great at them. Mm. And then she said, and also, you know, live out your dreams, do what you dream of and, you know, make it happen. Yeah. And I guess that's how I see myself too. I'm, I'm a mom, but my God, I've had dreams since like this, since I was in my teens and twenties and that I would, you know, have a, uh, I have a big stage that I'd get to step onto that I would make though. I would make that stage. I'd say, I want to have that stage because I want to, I have a voice and I have a message and I have some, um, you know, big dreams I want to fulfill, not just for myself, but for the industry and whatever industry I'm in, it happens to be the ones I talked about, but it could have been, um, you know, table making, it could have been shoe shine, it could have been, you know, eyeglasses, didn't matter that this is the one I'm doing it in. So yeah, be all you can be, live that dream. I know it sounds, you know, cliche, but, but that's my advice don't shy away from it, you know, lean in. Yeah. Well, and you know, what's interesting is if you just read the news, you could get pretty cynical about the world right now. However, when you're in it and you're an example of someone who's out there in transforming it, it's actually Mm -hmm. far more ready than what the news being printed in our newspapers, the old fashioned format, or what we're hearing or reading would tend to Mm -hmm. tell us but there seems to be a readiness right there yep. in, in many spaces and that people are looking for the leadership to go, okay, this is how we're going to do it because people may not be able to think through this as eloquently as you have been able to do so far or to, um, you know, to make it happen in the same degree. And once they hear of it happening, people are excited to jump aboard. 
it seems yeah. like. Is that, is that, would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think it's just to continue poking, prodding, nudging, you know, kind of the, the panel of, of African-American executives that I put together for the August live stream, they, they were on their own and they had these thoughts and they didn't have a safe place or a powerful place to speak into till we put the panel together. You should hear them now when we're on calls together. Mm. It's mind blowing. And I mean, the, the woman from Volvo who I adore and she's been in the industry for 35, 40 years. And she's like, you know, Lisa, in my entire career, never have I felt so able to say how I'm feeling and what this has been like. It's the first time I've been able to be this honest. Wow. Uh, that's a wow. Yeah. And I, I think that the, the industry's ready. The industries, the world is ready to hear it and embrace it and make change. And it's going to take people like me and us though, yeah. to create the space and the places to do it. And it doesn't matter where you do it. If it's on your street corner, or, you know, you're standing there getting people together with you and getting a conversation going, we have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. 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 That's a very hopeful message. Yeah. Yes. It's out there. It's, it's, message, we, yeah. we can do it. And you know, one last thing I, I am starting an education company. I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. And I think that the time is right for that too, because my whole goal after I did the first um, African-American live stream, one of the themes that came through loud and clear was the lack of mentorship right. for African-Americans. And I hear the same thing from women. Yes. So I'm starting an education company in my specific industry where that's what we build. And I'm going to go to all these CEOs that are, you know, my colleagues and say, you know, send your best and your brightest. Let's get African-Americans, people of color in leadership. Let's get women in leadership. We'll educate them. We'll develop them. You send them and we're going to have them ready for you to get right on that executive track. So that's another way, right? What can we do to get people and build people to into these, um, you know, pathways so they have what they need and then there's no excuses anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Get them, get them into leadership. Lisa, where can our listeners go to follow you and um, to be continue to be inspired by the real time action that you're taking with your organization? Where are the best places for them? I would say uh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So I'm on LinkedIn, just my first and last name, Lisa Rafter. We'll post and I, it. Yeah, yeah, please do. Because uh, a lot of the work I do comes through my LinkedIn page. I have a bunch of company LinkedIn pages as well. But if you go to just my page, you'll, you'll find all the different things that we're doing. And that's one place. And connect with me there. And, uh, you know, we can... We can, we can um, find each other that way. Um, that's probably the best way because you'll see all my different publications and all my different initiatives right there on that page. Terrific. Very good. Yeah. Lisa, thank you so much for sharing so much about you know, what you've achieved and what you still have ahead for you. And yes. we will be excited to watch that journey. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure and a lot of fun. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Entrepreneur's Velocity, a community filled with resources and expertise to take your business to the next level.